This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, praise the Lord. Brother E.J., how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for waiting on me, everybody. Hey, we're excited to be here today and simulcast with... World Ministries International. Welcome aboard wherever you're tuning in from out there. Brother E.J. Buckhart is our host. And uh, Brother E.J., would you like to open us up in prayer? Dear Holy Father, I want to thank you for Shannon Davis, Omega Man Radio, Lord, for the message that he puts out to warn the people, to have them turn to you as their Lord and Savior, to come out of their depression, Lord, to come out of their bondage, Lord, And so I thank you, Lord, and I pray all those listening tonight will have a special touch in their lives, because we all need that special touch. In Jesus' name, amen. As Shannon said, I'm Dr. E.J. Bucker, and I'm filling in for Dr. Hansen, who is the founding president of WMI. He's presently unavailable this evening because he's out of town ministering. I must admit that I've been blessed to have been with him for about 24 years as a volunteer. We're here at our college chapel with our staff and families, and I want to welcome all those who are listening by radio, shortwave, watching on TV or social media. Tonight you're going to be blessed with two of Dr. Hansen's messages, which were given to our chapel staff. So please open up your ears and listen in the move of the Holy Spirit. And put aside the things of this world because there's so much going on and let the Lord's message move within you. The two messages are entitled, We Must Fight for the Truth, the Fight for the Protection of Our Family. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening right now to the Warning Program. This is a live audience in my college chapel a service that we hold every week for the staff of World Ministries International and their families. Again, a live audience, including children. My title today is We Must Fight for the Truth. We Must Fight for the Truth. Text, 2 Timothy 2, 3-4. You, therefore, must endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who is enlisted as a soldier. Again, we must fight for the truth. Point number one, we must have the qualities of a good soldier. Paul understood the soldier's life. Undoubtedly, 
had all the qualities of a good soldier within himself, including the warrior's heart. Critical. We must have a warrior's heart, which a heart willing to fight and die for its beliefs. You know, Jesus said, believe with your, and speak with your mouth, believe in your heart. We must have a soldier's heart, a warrior's heart. Paul faced death many times in his defense of the gospel, as did those who were part of his apostolic team. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. I mean, what persecution? Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, you also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Again, facing death, sentenced to death, but the prayers of the saints, like our Pastor Molinda said, Eagle Saving Nations, 2,000 intercessors in every nation. We need the prayers of the saints. You need prayer. I need prayer. Acts 13, 29 through 30. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. Now, Paul's understanding of the soldier's life came as a result of living under Roman rule, being a Roman citizen himself. Paul's experience with the Roman military included being chained to a soldier during travel, living with a soldier under house arrest, being saved by 200 soldiers when the Jews sought to kill him for speaking the truth of the gospel, and amazingly, it was the Roman soldiers who put him to death after being tried for the same crime. Paul saved a soldier's life by refusing to leave the prison after the angel shook the place apart. An earthquake loosed him from his stocks, opened the prison doors for his escape. By remaining a prisoner after being freed supernaturally, he saved the prison guard who would have been executed for allowing his prisoner to escape. Paul actually saved this soldier twice, once from physical death and then from spiritual death by leading him to salvation through Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. That's what this soldier wanted to know because he should have been put to death and he knew it if this prisoner had not stayed behind. Against all logic, who would stay, be put to death? If you have a soldier's heart, a warrior's heart, the heart of Christ. And that's what we must have. Point number two, we must have a soldier's heart. Again, remember, point number one, we must have the qualities of a good soldier. Point number two, we must have a soldier's heart. As a soldier... Paul was teaching Timothy the warrior's heart as well, who would then impart it to others. People will follow you as you are, so they will be. I pastored five churches, and my people, pastors, would walk through walls with me. 
but I would move with them, walk with them, eat with them, even in the slums. Ride the public buses, matatus. I had a soldier's heart. The teaching included five areas of warfare that were under attack at that time and continue to be the target of destruction by the enemy in our day. Much of Paul's writing were actually manuals on spiritual warfare and showed the way of victory in every battle. Paul was truly a general of the faith, a general with a heart of God. Point number three, we must battle for truth. Paul has much to say about the believer's relationship with and responsibility to the truth. There are four things that all believers must do to win the battle for truth. Know the truth. John 8, 30-32. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to these Jews, which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, not just believe that I'm God, because you can believe like the demons do, and you're an outcast because you're a rebel. Continue in my word, believe in my word, follow my word, then you are my disciples indeed. We must fight for the truth because there's heresy all around that says you don't have to follow and live the Christian life. That's heresy. Jesus just said you did. What do you think his three years on earth were for? He taught the morality and the values of the kingdom of God. If you are my disciple, follow these. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. 1 John 2, 27. By the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it is taught to you, you shall abide in him. As you abide in the truth of God, the will of God, the word of God, you will move with the anointing of God. There will be revival everywhere you walk. Demons will know you when you walk in the room. I gave experiences at our prayer meeting last night, three-hour prayer meeting last night, of moving in with a couple medical offices, and the anointing was there, and the, the head of the three clinics walked up, will you pray for me? She didn't know me from Adam. But something set me apart. And another Christian doctor said, I, I don't even think she's a Christian. First John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received in him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. If you know the Lord, if you walk in the Lord, if you breathe with the Lord, if you eat his flesh and drink his blood, inhale the word of God daily, walk in the Holy Spirit, the anointing will move with you. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's not your verbal testimony. Love the truth. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God will send them strong delusion so they will believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. We must 
fight for the truth. We can't allow lies to continue because people come under deception. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. We must fight for the truth if we're going to have America come out of Satan's control. You can't have an intimidated soldier that won't open his mouth or point his gun. That's why we're trying to get into the stadiums once again with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Eagle Saving Nations. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org and join Eagle Saving Nations. Now, we've got to have a great awakening or this nation's coming under judgment. And I'm telling you, millions are going to die. We must defend the truth. Read the book of Jude. We must defend the truth. Verse 3, Beloved, I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write it unto you, exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. For there are certain men, crept in unaware, who were before ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, denying the Lord Jesus Christ. We have wolves behind the pulpit. I shared this a few weeks ago. Wolves in the pulpit. Beware of wolves. David Wilkerson, before he died, was crying, Beware of wolves. Paul was crying, Beware of wolves. He could see them coming in and twisting the gospel, teaching you another theology. But yet, it's not salvation, it's damnation. It's against the word of God. We only have two genders, men and women. There's no other genders. I will therefore put you in a remembrance. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. There is judgment if we continue to reject the laws of God, the morality of God. We can put the most conservative politicians in office. Yet, if we don't come against the sins of abomination like homosexuality that even the Republicans are accepting, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump leads it or not. He will delay the toppling of the republic by communism, but this nation will be judged anyway, and millions are going to die. We have to have another great awakening. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of an eternal fire. It's not even described in Sodom and Gomorrah and the plain cities that were destroyed because of homosexuality and lesbianism. It didn't describe another 28, 30 different genders. Now they want, you want to be able to marry a, a building. You want to marry a, an animal. If you think you're a boy, you're a boy. What kind of insanity is that? You can think all you want, but you're not a boy. You can think all you want, but you're not a girl. This is total heresy from the father of all lies. And the church has to speak the truth. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. We need to understand there's only one truth, and that's the truth of the gospel. We must defend the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. I urge you, you read all of Jude. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Know the truth. John 8, 30 through 32. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. As we speak the words, many 
are coming out of deception and accepting salvation. Many are finding salvation from drug addiction, from, again, alcoholism, from homosexuality, from lesbianism, from cohabitation. They're being set free only with the truth spoken or preached or read. Jesus couldn't stay in heaven and pray on earth. He walked on earth and spoke the truth and died on a cross. He set people free, for if you rejected him, that's a life sentence to eternal hell. Then said Jesus to these Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, continue. Didn't matter if you recognize that I died for you and I'm God. If you continue in my words, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Again, we can recognize all we want. God is God. Lucifer recognized God as God, but he led a rebellion. In other words, he came against the word of God. You can recognize all you want. If you want to live like the devil, you'll go to hell with the devil. Heaven was made for the saints that are in right relationship, not in rebellion. That's why there has to be an eternal destiny to separate rebellion forever. 1 John 2.27 But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. You need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things and truth and is no lie, and even as it is taught to you, you shall abide in him. But the anointing which abideth in you, if you walk in the truth, there's an anointing. We must love the truth. Know the truth, defend the truth, love the truth. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. And then shall the wicked be revealed, which the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God will send them strong delusion, and they will believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Again, to know the truth, to love the truth, to defend the truth, we must fight for the truth. Speak the truth. Number four, the battle lines are drawn. Right now, the battle lines, ladies and gentlemen, are drawn. Today, we're a divided nation. The battle lines are starting in our educational institutions from kindergarten to university. Society is systematically being taught to deny the truth that stems from faith in a living God, to believe in the man-centered religion of secular humanism. The atheistic view, derived from Darwin's hypothesis of natural selection, and teaches that there are no absolute truths, especially in regard to morality. That's why a boy, if I think now I'm a woman, and I'm in Fred Myers, I can walk into her bathroom. This is lunacy. This is crazy. The atheistic view, no absolute truths, especially in regard to morality. What's feel good, do it. According to these darkened souls, truth is relative. The only truth is that you believe to be true, and that's true for you. Why don't you just uh, go to the highest building and say, there is no such thing as gravity, and step off. And that's the end of one more doubter. A rebel. There is absolute truth. God says, I am the way, 
I change not. My ways are absolute. Follow me and have eternal life. Reject me, disobey, and have eternal death. Paul makes reference to these darkened souls. He makes reference through the gift of prophecy to the fierce battle for truth being waged against demonic forces in the latter times that we're living in right now. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, depart, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Local churches should major, major on equipping believers with the truth of God's word. This is our job to equip the saints, to teach the saints, to develop the saints, to warn the saints so that they might be competent to wage a good warfare. Like when you go to boot camp, you're trained how to fight. In churches, we need to be trained the word of God, how to resist the enemy and speak the truth. Again, God's absolute laws that bring salvation to a nation and not damnation through judgment. We must be able to be sharper than a two-edged sword. We must be sound in the doctrine. Much of the current teaching has nothing to do with the truth. Again, current teaching, the soul realm. We need to speak of the soul realm, will, mind, and emotions. Why? Because people are so mentally and emotionally distressed due to this pressure cooker that we're living in when there's so much pressure to deny the truth or keep your mouth shut, total censorship. John, the apostle, told us to minister to the soul of people so they could be healthy and wealthy. This is good for the individual's happiness. Will, mining emotions, how do you protect your will, your attitude, your mind, your emotions? How do you rest in Christ when everything around you is a storm? We're supposed to minister to that. I know our staff knows that. How to rest in a storm. How to put faith in Christ facing death. But that's not taught or preached in most churches anymore. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your souls prospers. Do we teach people properly how to be healthy? What to drink, what to eat, herbs, etc.? This is part of teaching the body of Christ so you don't violate your own body and become sick and expect a healing when God then says, repent and follow my ways and stay healthy. The Apostle James also speaks of the need for our souls to be saved. James 1.21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Our souls to be saved. Romans 1.14-15, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome. I am a debtor. We need to be healthy both mentally and emotionally to have abundant provisions for our needs and the needs of others. With this mind, we need to go beyond just equipped to live long and pay all our bills in times of need, but we need to be able to give to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ against cult members, agnostics, atheists, 
anyone else that is twisting the word of God. Heresy behind the pulpit. The new age movement. The emergent church that is evolving and says things are changing, including to adapt to today's society. That's a lie. Half of the churches are under the Federal Council of Churches. The Federal Council of Churches. That's over the National Council of Churches and the World Council of Churches. Mainline churches. That's a communist covering that teaches the word of God, the solid word of God, the unadulterated word of God, the morality of God is a lie. And they back abortion, homosexuality, all manners of sin. This is what Paul was crying about, wolves in the pulpit. This is what David Wilkerson was warning about. This is what brings judgment on a nation. We must begin teaching our children. We begin with the Bible doctrine, not just Bible stories. I asked the Lord recently, why do we rarely see Muslim children leave their faith? But Christian children seem to stay stray in droves. The reply I got was, we teach our children behavior, they teach their children beliefs. If our children don't believe what we're saying, you can have their behavior until they leave home, and their behavior say changes because they don't believe what you're saying. It is true, we start them out on behavioral issues, and then the Ten Commandments to memorize, we need to teach them that these things are for sure, but behavior should stem from beliefs and not the other way around. Our children should understand the person and work of Jesus Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, the authority and integrity of scriptures by the time they graduate to youth group. This would prepare them for secular humanism that they will encounter in high school and college, university. In order to win the battle for truth, we must know it, love it, defend it, and speak it. You must train your children, train your church if you're a pastor. They must know the truth, love the truth, defend the truth, speak the truth. In high school, I was very popular. I lettered in every sport. I had many opportunities to sin, but I did not because I knew the truth. I loved the truth. I defended the truth. I did not engage in it, and I stayed far away from it, including dances, beer parties, kegers. I was popular. I could attend them all, get any girl. But I knew the truth. I loved the truth. I defended the truth. Jesus was in me. Acts 20, 29 through 31. The Holy Spirit hath made you overseers. Feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. You overseers, you bishops, you leaders, feed your flocks. Prepare them. Fill them with God's pure word. Because savage wolves and deceivers are coming. They're going to take aim at the weak sheep. After my departure, Paul is saying, savage wolves are coming. Matthew 7, 15 warns, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they're raged, raging, ravening wolves. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to have another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations. Let's get into the NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums. Let's have another great awakening. We need the power of God touching the body of Christ so they can go forth and bring salvation back to this nation. I'm going to be speaking on the title, The Fight for the Protection of Family. The Fight for the Protection of Family. Once again, this is a live audience, is a service we hold weekly for our staff. 
the fight for the protection of family. Some people might want to call it the battle for family. Is your family worth fighting for? In America, it's always been known as the family goes, so goes the nation. In the past, we've built strong families. We've protected the family, the husband, wife, nucleus. We rejected anything that would come against that. Around the world, in some countries, it's not the same. And those are countries that are suffering, that have fallen apart. Rome, when they allowed the family to be destroyed, they were destroyed. Today, March 25, 2023, same-sex marriage is allowed in 15 states, and President Biden is pushing to federalize it and make it legal in all 50 states. It seems our nation is adrift morally because we've cut the chain connected to the anchor of righteousness, holiness, being set apart in the Bible. Many Christians, you can't see any difference between the pagan. There is no difference. They have their values, their morality, their beliefs, everything. If we continue in this moral drift, we will surely shipwreck our civilization as a nation. History has gone down the same path. Paul taught much about family, comprised of a union between one man and one woman. Again, God made Adam and Eve. I didn't see he make Adam, Eve, and Mike, and Michelle. Adam and Eve. Not a horse and donkey or a pony show. One man and one woman who would bring children into the world according to God's order in creation. Ephesians 5.31 For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. A unit. More than just physically, but emotionally. Hopefully spiritually if they did not marry wrong. We are exhorted how to marry not to marry outside of a spiritual walk with Christ because you're going two different directions in life. Some people say, well, I'll change them. That hardly ever works. They end up changing you or you suffer for marrying that person. It seems the enemy has been very successful at gaining a foothold among mankind using one very clear tactic, eliminate fathers. Many of the mental, physical, and social problems that plague us today are directly related to fatherlessness, according to the studies by both medical doctors and psychologists. The absence of godly male role models in the home has led to all sorts of violent crime, drug abuse, teenage pregnancy, psychological disorders. Prisons are full of men and women who are bitter toward their fathers. They never knew. Or their father who molested and abused them. The battle for family cannot be won without fathers being restored to their place in the family. Not an absentee father. Not a father that acts like a stud horse. And he's out for any woman that's available. I'm talking about a godly father dedicated, committed, with a covenant to that woman in his family. We're made in the image of God. We're not a lion that will mate with any female lioness that comes his way. Prisons are full of men and women, again, who are bitter toward their fathers. 
The father is important for the development of that child or children. And again, without fathers being restored to their place in the family, America not be whole or one nation under God. God spoke to this need for restoration to both the natural and spiritual families of the earth through prophet Malachi. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Those that reject their fathers are cursed, especially if you have a righteous father. And so you turn to some pseudo-man that abuses you, misuses you. Leadership is critical in the home for protection, for survival, or we're thrown out to the raging wolves that exploit. No covenant do they want to make. They live off their lust. If we're going to win the battle for family and see healthy, productive children raised up to lead society in the future, men must once again take the place that God has given them to lead their families. According to the teaching of Paul the Apostle, there are several concise instructions given to men as husbands and fathers that when applied will bring a great renewal to the biblical idea of family. Point number one, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Ephesians 5.25 It is interesting that wives don't have to be told to love their husbands. Although some, I think, do. But we're talking about the majority. I believe it is the husband's responsibility to lead by example. God is putting extra emphasis on the husband. Be a part of that family. Lead that family. Raise that family. As you protect that family, it's automatic the wife will love you. Some believe it is because God gives a man special favor in the eyes of his wife and she loves him from a gift of love. Proverbs 18.22 He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains a favor from the Lord. I have observed that when women will continue to love their man, when men consistently don't reciprocate that love, this could be the favor of the Lord placed in their heart for that man. I've seen it constantly as a pastor counseling over the years since 1985, prior to that for 10 years in law enforcement, domestic violence. Women sometimes will consistently stay with that man that doesn't deserve it, doesn't treat her properly, abuses her, sometimes beats her up, calls her names, and she still stays with that man. She has a future. She should get out. The devil will beat you up, destroy you, if you stay with him. All women are made in the image of God. They deserve to be honored and respected, cherished, not abused, mentally, emotionally, physically. But most men don't seem to have that gift to love their wives. They must be told to do it and many of them even how to do it. I've counseled so many men in marriages, and their wife says, he never tells me he loves me. Now, personally, I can't see that because I'm very much involved in telling my wife and children every day I love them. 
Every day I would kiss them. But I believe it's because of my strong relationship with God that I can love them properly as God would. If I didn't have that strong relationship, then I would probably be a lot more selfish and just floating around. Because most men, very frankly, commit adultery as much as they can get away with it. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. As Christ. Well, how did Christ love? He died for the church for you and me. That's how much he loved us. A good father, husband, will die for his family. I would die for my wife and my children. I am there when they need me. Is it possible that God uses wives as a tool to teach husbands how to love as Christ loves? Men have to learn to love much of the time, while women seem to do it more instinctively. Again, this is not all the time. You can have a selfish woman. In other words, more of the flesh, the carnality that has to die before she can be that godly woman that just automatically loves and doesn't nag you. If men learn to love their wives in this way, more women would believe in the biblical model of marriage and want to find that godly man to love them. A father needs to do his very best to help choose that man if the daughter is wise enough to listen. They know how men think. They're a man. Men are logical. Women are emotional. You can have a liar, sweet talk, and the girl do anything for him. Are we together? I'm seeing every woman shake her head, yeah. <laughs> women are emotional. I have seen it time and time and time and time again women get deceived. Just some guy with a sweet-talking, you know, lips of a viper and boom. The woman's doing anything he wants. Again, Ephesians 5.25, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Number two. Dwell with your wives according to knowledge, 1 Peter 3, 7. The Apostle Peter gave us further insight into successful family life and relationship between husband and wives. Peter's revelation corresponds to Paul's when it comes to how to love your wife. So let's look at it, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them according to the understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, we've talked about in the past why your prayers hindered or delayed. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. People need to examine themselves why their prayers are delayed. There's reasons. God doesn't just say it. There's reasons. Now, the question is, do we want to hear the reasons? And then if we hear the reasons, do we want to obey the reasons? Or do we want to make excuses why we're going to do it our way? Doing things your way will never see the manifestation of a life of miracles because you've hindered it. You're going to do it on your way and your time. You say, well, I don't believe it. Well, let, then let me see the life of miracles you're leading. Come on, let me see it. How your way does it. No, it's God's way. It's always been God's way. Whenever God has told Moses or Joshua or anyone else what to do, what time to do it, it's always been God's way if they want to see the miracle. It's like Adam sacrificing. It was God's way. Kill. Shed blood. Not vegetables like Cain. 
Vegetables are nice, but vegetables don't give you eternal life. It's the blood. Life is in the blood. You do it God's way, representing Jesus Christ who died and gave his blood. People say, oh, I feel sorry for old Cain. I don't feel sorry for him. He was a rebel. Cain was a rebel. He wanted his way and was going to tell God, this is how I'm going to sacrifice. God said, I don't care how you're going to sacrifice Cain. And he rejected him and put a mark on him. And he wandered the rest of his life in shame as a vagabond. If men learn to love their wives in this way, more women would believe in the biblical model and want to find a godly man who loved his wife as God loves his bride and gave himself for her. He died for his bride. He didn't demand his way, his selfishness. Again, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, love your wives according to the understanding, giving honor to them as to the weaker vessel. And being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. No words, so your prayers are answered. Some men aren't getting their prayers answered because they're very selfish men. It's the bottom line. They're a selfish husband. Then you counsel them and you, and you tell them as nicely as you can, you know, you're sort of selfish. Now they're mad. Still their prayers aren't answered, but they go away in a hiff and a puff, go to another church that doesn't confront their sin, and never get their prayers answered. Because they want to hear what they want to hear, and that's what they want to hear. Can we hear the truth and change our life? Or is our opinion so damned that it's our way or no way? And that's what it is, damned. If we don't accept God's opinion in God's ways, it doesn't work. The weaker vessel, let's look at that. Is it really weaker? Is that what God is saying? It is the responsibility of husbands to understand their wives so they might honor them. Many have taken this scripture to mean that all women are inferior to men. Since Peter says they are weaker, I believe, however, that Peter is talking about limits. Limits. Now, obviously, biologically, yeah, we're made differently. Men have more muscle. That's the way it is. Some people want to, again, take that out of context and give them jobs that they should not be held in or lower the standard so they can get the job, which makes then the whole police department inferior or the fire department if you have to lower the standards. They don't have the muscle mass that a man does. And if they can't pass without lowering the standards, you put other people in jeopardy. We shouldn't lower the standards. It's just like you can't change the standards for me to breastfeed a baby. I can't breastfeed a baby. I'm a man. I have limits. So I believe that Peter is talking about limits that husbands should understand their wives. They have limits on them. We have limits as men. And not drive them past the limits of their mental and emotional health. This happens when wives continue to love their husbands who are not loving them as Christ loved the church and they're not being nourished and cherished. When wives continue to love their husbands who are not loving them as Christ loved the church, they're not being nourished and cherished. They're being made to feel as though they are just a commodity in the man's life to be used whenever he desires. They begin that they are just there to fulfill certain biological and household needs without honor. Without honor. 
There's got to be honor. There's got to be respect. There's got to be a covenant where you take care of their needs, where you pay their bills, where you do what you're supposed to do, where you take out the garbage, so to speak. If you can't meet your responsibilities as a husband, then you're only treating your wife as a prostitute. I can guarantee you my wife wouldn't put up with it. Yeah, I know her very well. She better be honored. Amen? I'm looking at other wives. You better be honored. Or you can tell your husband, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back. No more, no more, no more, no more. So to speak. Until you repent. Are we together? Until you repent. Until you repent. Yeah. There's times when I'm all for legal separation. If you're married to a beast that does nothing but sexually, emotionally, physically abuse you. I have observed during counseling as a pastor that many women have become depleted mentally and emotionally after years of giving and not receiving. Let's use the illustration of a bank. If you keep making withdrawals without making deposits, you will soon be bankrupt. Many women have left their husbands or given in to some sin or addiction because they have given much more than they've received in the relationship. And they simply can't go on for their own sanity. Husbands that love their wives as Christ loved the church will seek to understand their wives and meet their needs. They will become proactive by making deposits of tenderness, affirmation, and security so their wives may never feel used. The church is to be glorious due to how Christ loved and cared for her, and the wives of Christian men should be as well. They should be as well. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. You need to really honor, respect, adore your wife. Point number three. Bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is a job specifically assigned to husbands according to this verse in Ephesians 6.4. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. How do we provoke our children to wrath? Possibly by giving them rules without relationship. Someone said, rules without relationship breeds rebellion. Unfortunately, many fathers didn't learn good parenting skills from their father, so they passed down to their sons some of the negative traits that caused harm to the family. When you hear a father say, because I told you, well, you better have a relationship, and why don't you tell him why? You're not just some robot or King Kong. In our home, love was earned through obedience and was never un unconditional. Without holding love and approval was often a tool to control and coerce for the desired behavior. Now, that's in many homes. Not in my home, but in many homes. Although the kids may have cranked out the right behavior in their hearts, their hearts was growing a deep anger and resentment toward their father. When fathers demand obedience instead of winning the obedience from their children, the kids grow up without being valued as a human being and develop many insecurities and fears. They provoke their children to wrath. You win obedience by showing them love and relationship with them. Paul also told the fathers to be involved in child training of spiritual things. Nurture and admonition of the Lord refers to teaching them how to live according to God's principles and have an intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father. 
Many fathers have delegated this responsibility to mothers. Consequently, many young men view Christianity as a woman's or women's religion. And they find it hard to believe they can live for God as a man in this world. Many churches, all you see is women involved in most of the positions of responsibility. There's no substitute for what the fathers bring to the well-being of their families. If we are going to win the battle for the family, men have to assume their roles as husbands and fathers. There is no other way. Psalm 127, 3-5 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is a man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. A wise Christian father knows that he must prepare his children with a warrior's heart as well. For one day they will have to face the enemies of Christ in this world. Proverbs 22.6, train up the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. This is a warning. They do have free will. Teach them to desire God by training and counseling by example. They do have a free will. Even though you train them properly, they could disobey. Proverbs 22.15, folly is bound in the heart of a child. Children don't tend to make wise choices. If fathers don't train them, they will go their own way. Folly is bound in the heart of a child. We must train them. We must raise them. We must love them. We must have relationship with them. We must guide them. And we must lead them by our example. Again, the message today was the fight for the protection of of the family. Fight for the protection of family. You're battling for your family. We need to do it with all the seriousness as our faith because we're fighting for our faith and we're doing it through our family. May God richly bless you. Shannon? This is a great message tonight by Dr. Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International. I am so excited to be here tonight and hear this. This encourages me. And you know what? I like what uh, Dr. Hansen said at the beginning. You know, Satan believes in God. So do the demons and they tremble. God's going to deal with sin, folks. He's going to deal with it once and for all. You know, I praise God that there's the gift that's available on the table right now for all who want to call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? Time's running out. And if we don't seize this opportunity, receive Christ as Lord and Savior, and then go all in for Jesus, we're going to be regretting it, and some are already regretting it, and will for eternity. You know, this is a gift. It's an honor to be able to be restored in relationship with the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to thank God every day that it's even possible to do that, because God could have just wrote us off as a creation and said, let's just start over. Why give these people a second chance? And many times we think, well, you know, um, God owes us a favor. He doesn't owe us anything. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And I think it would be a big mistake to take the grace and mercy of God for granted and think that the Lord's always going to be pursuing us. Many think, oh, well, he should pursue me. No, we need to pursue him. Yes. 
we're not doing him any favor. He's the one who's done us a favor. And so if we love Jesus, if we truly understand what he had to sacrifice, his life, and all that he went through to make it even possible for you and I to be saved and reconciled, we need to run to Jesus because our life literally depends on it. And we need to take whatever amount of time we've got and say, I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus. What can I do for you? Like JFK said, don't ask your country what they can do for you. Ask yourself, what can you do for your country? Amen. We're always take, take, take. Lord, give me, give me, give me. What have we ever said, Lord, thank you. What can I do for you today? And I'm preaching to myself tonight uh, because the devil believes and trembles. It's not enough just to say you believe. You can believe and end up in hell. Are we obeying the Lord Jesus Christ? Have we made him our Lord and Savior? And have we brought fruits meet for repentance? That's my micro sermon tonight. Great word. Uh, Brother EJ, before we close, I want you to tell people how they can be a partner with World Ministries International and support the ministry. I just want to add to that, to uh, the message was that we must fight. We are in a battle. We're in a war. We just can't sit back on our laurels and do nothing. We need to fight. And we do it with the words of our lips and our actions. So very true. Okay, to get a hold of World Ministries International, uh, you can phone their office at 360-629-5248. Once again, that's 360-629-5248. You can also write to us at World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, that's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Once again, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Our website is www.worldministries.org, and you can use the Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover. You can use PayPal. We also have now Zelle, which uh, the email address for that is warning, W-A-R-N-I-N-G, at worldministries.org. And remember, when you write the check, if you're writing a check, to make it out to uh, WMI. That's World Ministries International, WMI. And we really want to promote this eagle saving nations. There, we are in the last days, I believe, and that the only way that we can accomplish what we need to do to get to come under God's benefits instead of His curses, God's promises is for the group such as pastors to get together, congregations to get together, and all people get together and join Eagle Saving Nations because in order to get into large menus, it does take finances. And we're not asking for finances in the ministry, we're asking for finances so we can accomplish what God has called this ministry to do. He's given Dr. Hansen the message of Eagle Saving Nations. And if you study about eagles, uh, you'll know exactly what it's all about. And we need eagles. We don't need donkeys or jackasses. We need eagles to be able to get this message out. Amen. Folks, be a part of World Ministries International. Of course, you can go over to the website, worldministries.org. I encourage everyone to sign up, get their newsletter. I just got one in my box today. Also, you can tune into the Daily Warning Program. And uh, you can support their broadcast from anywhere in the world. They even have PayPal now and Zelly. So I encourage you to do that. I know God will bless you. Well, Brother EJ, thank you for letting me be a part of this tonight. As always, it's an honor to work with you at World Ministries. And I look forward to being able to meet you again. It's been a number of years since I was able to come up and fellowship with you all in person. But I'm believing God's going to open up that door again. And I'm looking forward to doing that. 
Would you like to close us in prayer tonight? We thank you, Shannon, that we can be on your program. That's a blessing to us. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to come before you, Lord, and teach us how to fight this battle, how to be able to love, how to be able to restore families, Lord. The devil is out there trying to destroy families, and if people don't see that, they better open up their eyes because the family is under attack. You created family, male and female, husband and wife, and children, Lord. And anything that come against that, Lord, we are against, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'll open up the eyes of everybody. Let your Holy Spirit to touch them, Lord, so that they can come to know you, Lord. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And let them know that because when this breath of ours goes away, we no longer have a choice. Right now we have a choice to choose life and not to choose death, Lord. So I pray that you'll all choose life. Once again, I want to thank you for Shannon Davis, Lord, and all that he's been doing, Lord, and putting us on his station, Lord, so we can reach the world. We thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory. It's not our glory, Lord. It's glory to you because you are worthy of it all. We give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Brother E.J., and all of you at World Ministries. We love you all. We'll see you next time. Okay, bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.